0: Thanks for tuning in to the audio edition of our Sunday Sermons. For more information about Cornerstone, visit CornerstoneRome.com. Today we're going to talk about the fifth commandment. And uh, the first four commandments, I don't know if you realize this, but the first four commandments um, are commandments that are really, and all these are about relationships. They're not about legalism. They're about relationships. The first four commandments are about your relationship with God. If you look at the commandments, you'll see this. The first four are all about you and God. The next six are all about you and everybody else in the room. So it's good to pay attention to those, right? So the first four, you'll see God said, first of all, don't have any other gods before me, right? So don't have any other gods before me. The second one, he says, do not make for yourself any graven images. Don't worship idols. Now, why did God say that? I've covered this before. I just want to kind of recap a little bit as we go forward. But he brought them out of Egypt, a land filled with gods. They had over 2,000 gods that they worshiped. But watch this. God brought them out of Egypt, a place of worshiping false gods. But he led them into another land. But this land was filled with idol worshipers. So God is saying, listen, don't do what you saw back there. And when you go to this land, don't do what they're doing here. I'm going to be your Lord and your God. That's why he says the third commandment, don't you take my name in vain. Listen, if I'm your God, then reverence my holy name. You know, I didn't preach this message. Steve did a fantastic job. Go back and listen to it. But that is what it means. There's no, well, you know what God meant was this. No, no, no. He says, don't take my name in vain. If I'm your God, if I brought you, listen, you may not be Israel, but if I took you out of sin, if I saved you with the blood of my son, and I brought you out of that bondage of Egypt, so to speak, in your life, and I brought you over into a new land of redemption, then I'm just asking you, don't take my name in vain. It's a holy holy name and then the fourth thing he said these are all about relationships with god the fourth one though the sabbath it's all about think about it if you're not healthy if you don't have a healthy pace if you're so stressed how can you hear from god how can you relate to god so god gives you he gives you it's a gift everybody say it's a gift it's a gift man it's like christmas time it's a gift I mean, if you need some help, get you some bath and body works and wrap it all up and remind yourself a Sabbath is a good thing. It's a gift. God said, I give you this for why? So you can rest just like I did. Why? Because if you're rested and well and you're healthy emotionally and physically and mentally, guess what? You can connect with me on a deeper level. But if you're stressed and afraid, that's why Jesus said, Come unto me, all you who are heavy laden and burdened and heavy weighed down, and I'll give you rest, man. It's all biblical. When the world freaks out, you can be at peace. You can just watch it happen. You're like, "Wow, thank you, Jesus." I'm not like that. So when you transition though from those, those are all about your relationship with God. Now we're going to get to the relationship with other people, Now this ought to be fun. Because you know it's easy to talk about relationship with God because you know He didn't. Just, well, he's here, but He didn't walk in the room physically. We might hit on some people that you're sitting with this morning. I don't know. But nonetheless, these are all about relationships with each other. And today I titled this message The Pathway of Preference. And the reason I titled it The Pathway of Preference is we're going to talk today about honoring mom and dad. Oh, yeah, y'all like that one. I mean, parents are just waiting on this one like, thank you, Jesus. Can I go get my kids out of church and bring them over here? If you need to, that's fine. You know, it's going to be all right. But uh, when we talk about preference... I prefer something. It's my choice, right? Well, when we prefer one another over ourselves, you're choosing. It didn't mean they deserve to be chosen. You are willingly choosing something that you might not really want to do sometimes, preferring one another. And none of us have this now. I don't know if you think about this, but when we're born... Parents, y'all so cute. Like, I've got three kids. Now they're getting older. You kind of get past all the newborn stuff and all that kind of stuff and everything else. And, and I love my kids. They're, they're precious, all three of them. I love them. I love them. I wouldn't take I love them dearly. But, you know, when you're young, when you have that, that they're so little, you think, oh, Haley was saying, I want them to say mama. She says, say mama, mama. You make all these goofy, mama, mama, you know. And I'm over there like, when she's not looking, say like, daddy, daddy, dad, d. De- Anything. I'm trying to go, just D will work and I'll I'll say it's dad. You're trying to get them to say their first words. You're so excited. Whoever gets first, you know, like, oh, they said my name first. They don't love you. They love me. But I hate to tell you this. That's not their first words. All babies are exactly the same and they're just like us. Their first words is mine. You know it's true. If you've ever watched Kids in a Nursery, go back there and just look through the window. You'll see every now and they'll be like, mine. <laughs> and you'll think they are they ain't saying anything. Oh, no, no, they know that word. It's mine. It's mine. I watch my kids with like their passes, with their books, with anything. You say, can I read this? No, mine. Like, just trying to mess with me. No, it's mine. No, it's mine. I mean, they get, woo, they get all worked up, you know. Because that's how we're born. We're born selfish into this world. We're not born to prefer anything but me. And so when you have to... It's funny how and we give them this stuff. Think about what we do as parents. We give them something. You want some applesauce? so? You don't like the most strawberries, do you? Let's get you some apples. You just talk goofy stuff and give them whatever they want. And then when they turn four years old, you think, what's wrong with this kid? <laughs> then we want to redirect them, don't we, right? And, you know, you can't just have everything you want. We don't understand. Well, we've been doing it for four years. What's changed, man? Then they go to Nana's house, and they give them whatever they want, you know? And it's just a cycle. But none of us. You look at them. You say oh, them kids. That's ain't. I promise you, every one of us are exactly like them. We're just not as vocal about it anymore. We hide it behind our Christianity, but we're just as selfish as they are. We just don't like to talk about it. So, none of us like to prefer anyone over ourselves. But God tells us to in Exodus 20. So I'm gonna read this to you, and then we'll talk a little bit about this. Okay, Exodus 20, verse 12. And this is also, if you wanna read the paral- parallel verses on this, <clears throat> Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5 are all the Ten Commandments listed in both parts of the Scriptures. And they're, they're referenced a little different, but you can, if you want to compare, you can. Exodus 20, verse 12 says, Honor your father and your mother, and then you will live a long, full life, watch this, in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. In the land that the Lord your God is giving you. God took them out of Egypt, and he gave them a land. He gave them a name, gave them a land, he gave them a God himself. He took them out of Egyptian bondage and slavery God took you out of sin and slavery to sin and brought you over into a new kingdom, if you will. And this kingdom's different. But it's not just a spiritual kingdom. God also gives you a land. I mean, I don't know if you think about this, but where you're at right now, God either, A, He puts you here for a season or He puts you here permanently. Whatever it is, He's given you this land for a reason. And He says to you and I, if you want to have blessings in this land then you're going to have to learn to honor your father and your mother, which I know opens up like the Pandora's box. Because what if you didn't have good parents? I understand all that. Just think for a moment. Let's think about God more than anything else, okay? All right, before anything else. Let's think about the land that God has given you, the place he's called you. If he called you to a land, God expects you and I to enter that land. Not to stand back from a distance and watch other people enjoy it. God called you to a land. He expects you to enter into that land. You, you listen to me. It, and it's these, What he's given you here is what he gave the blueprint to Israel to say. If you want to enjoy the land that you're going into, this is how you can enjoy what I'm giving you. These next six commandments, or what we call prescriptions, are given to you to help relate to one another in a great way. The Bible says this. I didn't put this on the notes, but you can write this down. But Psalms 27, it says this, that <clears throat> I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I'll see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That means, and I know what we're thinking right now. Well, well, I just don't see the goodness of God. I bet it's there. It's just maybe you're not aware of it. But the goodness of the Lord is in the land in which he gave you. But here's the here's a question. Why then did Israel, if they were brought out by the mighty, miraculous power of God, why did they not go straight into the promised land? What kept them in limbo for 40 years? Well, God tells us this in Hebrews chapter 3, or, you know, inspired by what we believe is Apostle Paul. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 16, he says, And it was, who was it who rebelled against God? Who was it? Even though they heard his voice. If you don't know who's talking, he's talking about Israel. Wasn't it the people of Moses? That, wasn't it the people that Moses led out of Egypt? And who made God angry for 40 years? He's asking these questions, like if you don't know the answer, right? Wasn't it the people who sinned, whose corpses lay in the wilderness? And to whom was God speaking when he took an oath that they would never enter his rest? Wasn't it the people who disobeyed him? So, watch this, verse 19. So, we see that because of their what? Most of the time we hear, when we think about the wilderness, we hear things like, they're rebellious. You know, they weren't worshiping idols. They made their own, you know, gods and all that kind of stuff. They disobeyed. That's what we hear. Listen, the Bible says the reason they did not inherit, because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter into that rest. was the, the promised land? And in case you're one of those spiritual kind of people like to reference stuff, is, is the promised land heaven? It's not heaven. I can tell you that right now. It's not heaven because in heaven there are no enemies. The promised land had enemies. You understand what I'm saying? That, this is not, the promised land is not heaven. Heaven is heaven. Heaven has no more tears, no more pain, no more suffering, no more wars, no more shootings, no more anything else. It's a place of peace. There are no enemies in heaven. I promise you, God is not looking around going like, y'all look out for that. No, 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 no. When he, no, There's none of that there. Here, if you're going to enter into the land God's given you, you might have to face a few enemies. It's just the reality. But they didn't enter in because of their unbelief. And the place of rest for Israel was this promised land, but it takes faith to live in the land that God's given you. I think we think sometimes that God's just going to bless us, and then we don't have no responsibility at all. But God asks you and I to actually do something, and that is to trust him, to believe in him, to have faith in what he says. And so Israel didn't honor the Lord who brought them out, Watch this. So they also didn't honor the word of the Lord that would bring them in. How many times do people say things like, well, you don't know my parents, you don't know what it was like, so that's why I don't fill in the blank. It's one thing, and listen, I'm not referring, listen, if you had, and I'm not making a lie, but if you had abusive parents and those kind of things like that and all that, listen to me. You can still honor it doesn't mean you have to live under. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's a big, big difference. My mom, I don't, know if my mom, I don't think she's here today, but she's in and out at different times, and you know, work or whatever, but my grandmother is serving in nursery today. My mom's here uh, a lot of times and serving in church, and many people don't know all of our stories, but my mom had a tough decision to make when I was young, tough decision, all right? My dad ran off, took me. They couldn't even find me for a while. It was just a bad situation, bad situation. Um, my grandfather, now, he didn't mind telling me what he thought. I grew up with a tough guy, and he just tell me right now, let me tell you what, that joker, and he just fill in the blame. My mom, not one time, not one time did she ever disrespect my dad, though she had plenty of reason to. Let me just say something. You learn a lot about honor by who you hear speak about the parents. You may not have a great home life. You may not have a great situation. may not come out of a great situation. But you can still honor a position even though the person wasn't faithful to that position. I always tell people this when we get around politics and politi- political seasons and elections come around. You know, I... It doesn't matter who gets elected. I pray for all of them. I don't care. Why would you not pray for them? I don't understand that. You don't like them, don't you go pray for them. That's stupid. I pray for them more if you don't like them. That doesn't make any sense. No matter what they do or how unfaithful they are to the position, I can still honor that position because it's a place of honor. So I don't care who gets elected president. It doesn't matter to me. If they invited me, I'd go. Why? It's an honorable thing. I can honor the position. I mean, I agree with the person, but I can still honor the position. So what does honoring your parents have to do with faith? And if we're talking about faith, Pastor Jody, what does it have to do with honoring your parents? Well, the Bible says this, if you honor your mom and dad, things will go well for you in the land that he promised to you. What does that tell you on the flip side? If you dishonor your parents, things probably won't go well for you. You might say, I don't believe that. I don't agree with that. That's exactly what Israel said, and that's why they stayed in the wilderness for 40 years. Honoring mom and dad might be bigger than what we think. (laughs) Let me give you this statement here. You might think about this. If you can't honor the parents you can see, you'll never honor the God whom you can't see. And Israel was in a situation, they're just stuck. How miserable must that be to be in Egypt, right? In bondage to slavery. God delivers you with powers and fireworks and all kind of crazy stuff. You're like, What's up? I'll take that, I'll take that. You're just shopping at every Egyptian household. I'll take that gold and that silver and that set. Oh, I love those china. Woo! I mean, all the ladies be excited. Guys be like, oh my gosh, what are you going to do with all this stuff? Throw it on the shopping cart, whatever, just next Egyptian house oh no 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 I think I'll take that I'll take that oh that chariot's nice and that stallion I'll take that one too and they're just going on out and oh we're so excited we're going to the promised land they get through the wilderness and they never get there and everybody in the Bible says 20 years and up never made it all the kids did this might be an interesting flip of the scenario because most of the time we talk about honoring your parents is to the kids right they all honor their mom and dad. Yep, but it was the parents who didn't make it in. That's interesting, isn't it? Have you ever been in a situation where you've been stuck? Like, you know, you get brought out of this, but you can't get to that. You're looking around and like, this stinks. <laughs> God, where are you at in this? I mean, you took me out of this. You delivered me from this, but I thought I was going here. Where, where are you? Are we going to get out of this? What's going on? They were just stuck. Let me ask you a question. Let me just throw this out, and I'm not saying it could be the reason, but it it might be. I would look first in the area of honor and ask myself, how do I relate to authority? How do I relate to authority? How do I respect people in positions of authority? That would be anything. Let me just... Teachers, how do you respect your child's teacher? Do you blow up in front of your kids and tell them about all the stuff you don't like? That teacher's crazy. Hey, crazy. I'll tell you one thing. I teach better than them. I mean, well, why ain't you doing it? Like, you know, uh, you can't figure out Common Core either. That's why you got to get a teacher. I mean, my mercy. They don't know it either. They just tell <laughs> to God they get it right. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're praying every <laughs> prayer has went up in schools dramatically since Common Core hit, you know. But the reality is, teachers, anything you want to take, it doesn't matter the position. It doesn't matter the position. The person who gives you your food at the drive-thru, do you respect that person's authority? That person's working their tail off. Do you get mad at them because they didn't give you the right sauce? Oh, man, check the bag before you leave. I've learned that's the trick. Check the bag before you leave. But you don't know what's going on. I mean, 2,000 people ran through there in the last four hours. You don't know that. That person's like just hanging on, waiting for the 15-minute break. But that's a position of authority. When you go into that restaurant, you're not in charge. I'm not in charge. I'm submitted to what? The policy or how that restaurant works. It may not be like Burger King. You can't get it your way. I don't know. There's all kinds of authority. How do I relate to authority? Watch this. How I honor, how I relate to authority is directly connected to God blessing me in the land in which he has given me. Listen to what he says in Mark 6. Jesus went out from there preaching and teaching. He went everywhere ministering to people and had miracles following everywhere he went. But he says he went out from there and he came into his own, watch this, what? Hometown. Everybody say hometown. Yeah. And his disciples followed him. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. And the many listeners were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what is this wisdom given to him? And such miracles as these performed by his hands. What's this next statement, verse 3. Is this not the carpenter's son? And I love this little jab, the son of Mary. Now, if you know anything about Jewish history or Israeli history, you don't put the son of the mom, you put the son of the dad. But although Jesus was not the son of Joseph, he was literally the son of Mary. He couldn't be the son of Joseph because Joseph wasn't his daddy. He's God's son. But I love how they put that jab in there just to say you're illegitimate. You don't count. They dishonored the familiar structure in his home. Whether they understood who he was or not, they dishonored that family by saying this. And then they even go further. And isn't he also the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simeon or Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? In case you're wondering, that's not Judas, the one who betrayed him. That Judas name is very common, just like Jesus in their culture, okay? This is one of his brothers, different guy. But are not his sisters here with us? Must have had a big family. I mean, Mary and Joseph had more kids than just, you know, Jesus wasn't the only one. They're discredited and dishonored Mary. they dishonored Joseph. they dishonored his brothers. Now they've dishonored his sisters. Now, The verse says next, And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown and among his own relatives and his own household. And watch verse 5. He could do no miracle there, except he laid his hands on a few colds, a couple allergies, maybe some tummy aches, and he healed them. And he wondered at their unbelief. And he went around, the village is teaching, thinking back on this, I think, wondering, like, I don't get it. What, what's the deal? Well, he tells us the deal here, they didn't honor him, because he's familiar, they knew him, he grew up with them, I mean, they played softball to their baseball, football, I mean, you know, all this stuff, Jesus would be, you know, playing football, whatever, they were like, Jesus had the ball, they didn't even know it, it's like, where'd it go? I don't know, I don't have it, take off running, there it is again, you know, he's just like, Funny stuff like that, probably as a kid, they probably didn't like him then, you know. Jesus was dishonored by the people because they knew him. Isn't it true that you get most frustrated with the people that you know and live with first? You'll put up with junk from anybody else out there, but they live in your home, you get frustrated with them faster, do you not? Oh, come on, look at me like that. You look at me like I don't know the truth. I counsel people, I know exactly what's up. Is it not true you get more frustrated with the people who live at home before you do other people? Raise your hand if you're going to tell be honest this morning. Thank you very much, little Christians. Thank you very much. Lie, look at me like, oh, no, 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 we're holy, and Jesus lives in our home. And it's angelic voices when we come home. You're lying through your teeth. You need prayer just like everybody else. You might need more prayer today for lying. I know. But because they didn't honor them, they didn't believe in him. Watch this. Because they did not honor him, they did not receive from him. Isn't it true? As kids, if your kids honor you, they can make all the mistakes in the world, but if they just honor you, isn't it true, more goes in their direction? At least it should, right? It should. If they dishonor you, you tell them to be home by 10 and they don't come until 1030, do they get to drive the car next week? Come on, do they get to drive the car next week? See, be bold about it because you need to be bold about it. Because everybody else says, no, it's just they're just going through something. No, they ain't. Take the keys from the car. You know, Talking about letting them go. They're just struggling through life. Whatever. That's why I got so much crazy stuff now because everybody wants to make excuses. They're not struggling. They're kids. You got to teach them what's up, man. So you, you do that. If they honor you, and it's just simply respect, things go better for them, don't it? If they dishonor, might be a paddling if they're younger, taking the keys if they're older, no allowance. I don't know what you do. But something, you got to do something to wake them up where they say, man, This stinks. I don't like this. I had allowance. I used to buy cocos at school. Now I got no money. Mom will give me the cars. This stinks. To the point they get so frustrated, they come back and say, I'm sorry. <laughs> what do I do to fix this? And growth happens and change occurs. Why? Because that's what we want. So they're blessed in the land in which they live. But I don't think it's just kids. Because a bunch of 40-year-olds act just like them. Wondering why they can't get ahead on the job, but you—if you criticize the people that employ you, it always gets back. Always. I learned from this from experience, man. Don't do it. It'll get back to them. They find out. You know, you can't tear down the company you work for and expect God to bless you. Find a way to encourage it, bless it. Do something beyond what you get paid for, but be a blessing where you're at. So, understand authority or understand honor. And it helps you understand faith. I'm going to read you a little verse. Um, or actually, I'm going to tell you the story from it. minute. I'll read it to you, but you can read it later. But in Luke 7, the story that Jesus came across in the city of Capernaum where he said this person had the greatest faith of anyone he'd ever met in all of Israel it was not a Jew. It was a Roman. A Roman centurion, uh, by you know, comparison, if you want to think about this, he should not have understood authority or honor or anything else as far as in the, in the religious side of things, but he did understand it in the side of his government. If you know anything about Roman culture, go back and read Roman history. They did not put up with disrespect or dishonor. You towed the line or you was out. That's just the way it went. And They ruled and they reigned and they stomped out anything and anyone in their way. That's why they were the greatest empire, really, as far as conquest in probably the history of the world. It's unbelievable what they were able to do. But this guy is there. Jesus goes to Capernaum, where most of the miracles took place, and you're about in your Bible. He goes to Capernaum, and if you, if you were going to Israel, you want to go to Israel, you get to go there as well. So if you, if you know about it, you can go to our website and see all that. But he goes to this little town of Capernaum, small. You think Rome is small. Capernaum is like the town square downtown where the fountains are. It's really small. Don't get a, if you go, don't be discouraged. It's not big. But, but he walks around, he does all this stuff. He's healing all these people around, and, and this guy hears about Jesus. And he's a Roman centurion. He sends some of his friends and said, tell him to please come and heal my servant. He's a great help to me. I don't want to lose this guy, and he's deathly ill. So word gets to Jesus, and Jesus says, well, I'll come and heal him. But not just because he's a Roman. He was persuaded by the Jews that were there. They told Jesus, listen, you got to come heal this guy, please. Why do I got to come heal him? Because this guy, he's a Roman centurion. I know you don't like the Romans. People don't like the Romans. Jesus didn't say that, but the Jews didn't like the Romans. But you got to come heal him. Why? He said, listen, this guy's A1. What would he do? Listen, he loves the Jews. He even built us a synagogue to work worship in And it's still there today, by the way. He built us a synagogue. Please heal this guy's servant. He means the world to us. So Jesus says, I'll come and heal him. So they start walking towards Capernaum. They're walking along. As they're walking along, more people come out to meet him. Before he gets there, and they say, hey, listen, whoa, stop right there. The soldier, the centurion, he says, he's not worthy that you should come under his roof. Not worthy. But he says, if you'll just speak the word, my servant will be healed. Jesus stopped in his tracks, and he turned to his crowd and said, I have not found any faith like this in all of Israel. He turns back to him, he says, go. Go it's done an indicator in that story that tells you why was he considered the person had the most faith is because in this story the centurion says something very unique he says listen jesus you don't have to come to my house because i understand how you work i know you're not the one with all this power and authority someone greater than you is operating through you now he may not have understood who jesus was the son of god but he knew that as a human is what he was thinking. You can't do this by yourself. Someone greater than you is functioning. And he said, for I am a man, watch this, under authority. I say to one soldier, go, and he goes. I tell another to come here, and he comes here. Why do they obey like that? Because all of Rome is backing him up as a centurion. They know if they don't listen to him, it's going to be worse they understand the power that backs up the centurion. And so what he's saying is, I know you don't have the power in yourself to do this. Someone greater than you. So when you say, be healed, it's not just you. There's something greater backing you that's causing this to happen. And Jesus said, this guy understands it. But what did he really understand? It was honor. Honor. He, where his own hometown did not honor Jesus. This guy is so secular and so removed from the covenant. He's a, he's a Roman. He's not a Jew. And he says, I understand how you operate. It was through honor and respect. And so Jesus was able to heal him because of respect and honor. You want to be blessed in the land you're living? Let me tell you, I'm just asking the question, it might be, how do we relate to authority? You know, so my grandmother's serving in the nursery this morning, but rebellious people don't do so good in any land they live in. In case you hadn't noticed, you know what I mean. In the wilderness, it's the same as today. If you rebel eventually, eventually things don't go well for you, right? They just don't. I remember when I was—I was maybe I don't know—I I don't know—I'd gotten a, a car, and I might have been seventeen. I don't know; I was, I was pretty young. And and I mean, I was—you know—getting off work. It was late, and I thought, man. I'm just gonna ride there. Back in the back in the day, man in Rome, the thing was you're gonna ride around town, see who's out, what's up. You know, roll your window down a little bit, let the tunes crank up. That's what you did, you know. So I rode down. I thought, you know, just gonna ride through, see anybody, what's up, anybody out? No, nobody's out. So I go to the Taco Bell, thinking I'm gonna get something to eat. I'm just kind of hungry to get something to eat, and I'm gonna head on home. That's it. I'm totally not making this up. I'm totally innocent in everything I just said this time. This time, I did nothing wrong. I'm just telling you. I roll through the Taco Bell, but the line's crazy because all these people are out cruising, you know? And so I'm like, oh, man, you know, no. I'm just so tired. I don't want to wait here. So finally, I do like most, people. if you're waiting too long, what do you do? Get out of the line. God, forget it. I'll just make a sandwich at home. I drive around. As soon as I do, boop, boop. I was like, what'd I do? Look, I'm totally innocent here. Right there. Right there. I mean, he wasn't playing. When I say he wasn't playing, he's a big guy too, muscled up. And all stuff, I mean, I thought, oh, man. So I pull over the thing and I roll down the window. I said, what I, would I do? He said, you sit right there. I mean, he wasn't playing. I thought, man, this guy is tore up. And uh, you have to understand, this is before Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so I'm just saying, all right? So I began to ask questions. I'm like, hey man, what's going on? Why I, and I did like everybody else wants to do days of and everything, kinda of be all cool. Listen, that don't work. D- respect people, right? So I wrote I said, What what's what do you what's the deal? What's the deal, man? Why do you I mean I'm he said, I said hush. I mean, he just like, like, man, who do you think you are? I mean, I even said some of the maybe like that, a few things. <laughs> so the funny thing is, this tell you how far back it was. My kids thought it was hilarious because we were doing some videos, whatever. They saw the video thing with the car phone. Remember the old bag phone things, right? Some you don't even know what that is. My kids saw a phone on the wall the other day. and Was like, Dad, does those even work anymore? I'm like, It's just a, uh, you know, wow. <laughs> anyway, so I'm, I had this. This was my. I picked it up. I was like, I called home, called my grandparents, thinking, you know, I hope she answered, not Rudy, because if he answers, it's gonna be he's gonna kill me. All right? So she answered the phone. And says, What is it? What is it? I said, This cop is just. Not at me because I'm pulling her and I'm just telling her all this stuff. She said, what? He said, boy, if you don't hush, he said, I'm taking you to jail. You know what she told me? Jody, shut up. <laughs> she probably did not remember this. I was like, I can't believe my grandma just told me to shut up. She's like, you shut up and listen to him right now before he takes you. Boy, shut up. So I'm on the phone with her afraid to hang up at like $5 a minute because you know, back phones didn't. Y'all know, you know, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. Like, I'm thinking I gotta pay for this stupid phone now. I didn't want to hang up with her because I'm afraid. I didn't want to go to jail because i was afraid. And so she I, finally he let me go. He realized I was I didn't do anything right. But I was, I mean it's a wonder I did hung up the phone. I she told me, listen, not everything's gonna always go your way. That don't mean you, you can't treat people like that that you don't know. Now. Again, let me just clarify, are there bad apples in every field? Yeah. Our culture today wants to paint everybody out like a bad apple, and they're not. I'm, I'm very good friends with the chief of police in our city. She's a wonderful officer. One of the, I mean, I'm, you ought to be, you're so blessed. Most people in our team, they're, they're, they're Christians. She's a believer, loves Jesus, and she doesn't put up with any monkey business. She gets anybody on the team that doesn't toe the line, they don't do the right thing. They act like they're too high and mighty. They're done. She don't put up with that mess. So listen to me. Just hear me out. Are there bad apples? Yeah. Are are there bad cops? Yeah. That don't mean all of them should be disrespected. I wouldn't disrespect any of them, but I'm just saying, you're going to hit one or two every now and then. It's going to be a jerk to you. Let me ask you a question. Are there bad pastors? Yeah. You ain't got one. But yeah, they are. (laughs) I just thought I'd throw that out right there. (laughs) In case, you know. (laughs) That's very sweet of you. But there are some bad ones out there. But does does that mean I'm a disrespect? No. Let me ask you a question. Are there some bad lawyers? Oh, yeah. But are all of them bad? No. Just get you a good one. Right? In any field you go to, listen, let's hear me out. Listen, there's going to be people who abuse their authority. But that doesn't mean that all authority is bad. If we view it that way, it becomes anarchy. There's no order. It's chaos, and the whole land is not in blessing or prosperity. So how do we deal with that then? What do I do, Pastor Jody? Because you're saying authority and honor, but I'm still dealing with the whole parent thing. All right. Are there some bad parents? There are. But not all parents are bad. And if it has affected your view of God, listen, I've had the toughest time trying to relate to God as a daddy because I don't get it. So many people do, and they tell me, oh, my father, my father. And I listen to it, and I go, I can't connect on that level. But you know who I, can't? I connect with him as? My Lord. He delivered me. He saved me. He set me free. He blessed my family. I serve him. I may not be able to connect exactly that way, and maybe you can't either, but you can find a name. He's got many of them. That's why I think he gives them so many names. Figure out what name you can relate to him with and serve him that way. But just understand not all parents are bad. So Colossians three twenty three, as we wrap up with this, listen to what he says. Whatever you do, do your work heartily, as for the Lord rather than for men. So that means when I find authority that is not the best, I'm going to serve God through that disagreement I might have. I'm going to do what's honorable to God. He says, knowing that whatever, that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, it is the Lord Christ whom you serve. It is God who we serve, not the people. People let you down. Listen, I promise you, I'm going to let you down. I I will. If I haven't already, it's coming. Just prepare yourself to be disappointed. I will let you down because I'm human. But he will never let you down. And you can have a bad boss. I've had a few. What do you do? Somehow you've got to figure out how to honor that position of authority. And if I can't honor or if I'm not taught to honor, which is a big thing too, It affects me later on in life. So I may not agree with you. Listen to this. I might not agree with you. You might not agree with me. I may not agree with everybody out there that's under authority, but I can respect everyone. That's a big word today that we could use some more of. Just respect. I may disagree with them. They may not agree with me. They may have a belief that is wacko, but I can still respect them As a human, as a God-created human, how else will I reach them if I disrespect them? I can respect everybody. So Romans tells us this, Romans 12.10, he says, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Watch this. Give preference to one another in honor. Give preference. Even when you don't want to, I'm going to choose. And listen, if it gets to the point where your career or whatever you're doing, it's to the point it's so bad where you can't, then you leave on good terms. What do you say? Well, man, how do you deal with honoring your parents then going forward? Because you can't really leave that, can you? I mean, think about it. You just can't really. No matter what you want to say, you can't. On that birth certificate, guess who it says? Your daddy, your mama, whatever. It's there. You can't. You can erase it and say, well, I wish it was Brad Pitt was my dad. Well, he ain't. You know, no matter what you do, it ain't going to happen. You know, I wish Billy Graham was my grandfather. Well, it, You can't make up stuff like that and change your lineage. You got who you got. So how do I honor going forward? A guy from, just from experience, I've learned this. Your parents are flawed individuals just like you. They are. And that doesn't make it right. Let me just take this, and I'm wrapping up with this, but let me just say, if it was abuse, that's not right. You need to hear that. It wasn't right, it's wrong. Absolutely wrong. So how do I honor that? I can respect all people. doesn't mean I have to stay in that situation or listen to that, but I can respect them. Regardless, I can respect them. Why? Because they're sinful just like moi. It may be that your sin is not what theirs was, but I promise you this, you don't know what they saw when they were growing up. Have you ever thought about that? Hey, you don't know what they saw when they were growing up. Sometimes things get passed on as iniquities, and until someone yields to Christ, they're not broken. And I know that's hard to hear, but that's just the truth. But it doesn't mean you have to Staying abuse it just means that I can respect and honor and move forward. I don't have to, I don't have to disrespect or dishonor that. And let me just say this. If, you, if your parents aren't here today, maybe they're gone. Maybe they're with the Lord. Maybe they're not. I don't know. How do you honor? You know, learn to honor other people's parents. Find some people in the church that's older than you and just honor them. Here, hold the door for somebody. You know, I see little ladies at the, at the grocery store. When I see them out, you know what I do? I think about my grandmama. I think, I'd want some little knock to open up the door for her. So what I do? I yeah, you go, man, how you doing? And I, I try not to be too weird, but I have offered, you know, today you got to be careful. You know, would, you need some help with your groceries or anything? You know, they look at you like, you know, you trying to rob me or something? Like well, You got to be careful. You got to be careful. But you can honor people that it right around you right now. Just simple honor. So I want you to take a moment. I want you to close your eyes. I'm going to pray a prayer as our team comes up. And uh, I know this may not be uh, one of the easiest things to hear sometimes because, man, listen, I mean, we live in a generation today where um, it's difficult. It's difficult. Being a parent's hard. Trying to teach your kids how to honor isn't the easiest thing because the world's full of dishonor. The world's telling you you can do whatever you want, say what you want, be what you want, whatever. Everything's up for grabs. So you're the different one in a sense. But the reality is God still says this is what's true. If you want to be blessed in the land in which you live in, you got to learn to honor your parents. And so right now with your eyes closed and heads bowed just for a moment, I want to pray this prayer over our church and, and over you. And, and uh, you can just... Man, just agree with your heart, and maybe it doesn't apply to you, but maybe it does. So right now, just take this time and just be sensitive to the Lord as I pray this prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you. And Lord, I ask you to, um, God, just speak to each heart right now, Lord, as I pray. Father, I know that we live in the world we live in today that is uh, so confusing, so confusing. God, there are so many things that each one of us have experienced. There's so many people in this room probably that have a painful life that maybe grew up with a difficulty with their parents. And so they may not understand, how can I do what you're saying in your word with such memories? So, Father, I first pray for them. Lord, I pray that you would heal them, first of all, right now, of any pain, any emotional hurts, any wounds. God, that you would just remove all that from their life. God, I pray, I know you can do it, Lord. And I, Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you think, well, I've lived with this for so many years. You know, I've had counsel, nothing's helped. Let me just tell you right now, a word from the Lord can heal at any moment. He can heal immediately, immediately. So if that's you and you're here, you say, I've grown up in a difficult, difficult, and I'm an adult now, but as a kid, I grew up in a difficult environment. I do not know how to honor my parents. Listen, I want everybody with your eyes closed right now. I don't want anybody looking. None of our teams, none of our staff. I don't want anybody looking right now. No one. This is private. Everybody close your eyes. No production. No one one looking. But if you're here, and that's you, you say, I grew up in an abusive or difficult, so difficult, I cannot, I do not understand how to honor my parents. No one is looking right now. They're, They're respecting what I'm saying. No one is looking. If that's you, it's just me. I want to pray for you. But I feel like you just symbolizing by lifting your hand, God is saying, if you'll acknowledge it, I'm going to heal you today. Thank you, hon. I see you put your hand down. That's fine. Thank you there. You there. My goodness, okay, lots of you. I did not expect that. You can all put your hands down, Kayla. Listen, I just feel so in my heart, I don't even know how to pray this right now, but I just feel like you acknowledge this to God. So, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you, Father, to heal the brokenhearted. God, that you would redeem the time that might have been lost. God, that you would set them free today. Lord, that you would heal every wound, every word that was spoken over them that was negative or not right. God, that you would speak life over them this morning, right now, Lord. And that you would remind them that you are their father, Lord. Even if they can't understand that completely, Lord, that you are the one that heals, God, they are a daughter of you. They are a son of you. Now I'm praying, I thank you, Lord, right now for healing them in Jesus' name. With your eyes closed right now, this one is a little bit different, but if you're here and you say, hey, Jody, listen, I, I had parents. We had disagreements. We had things go on. You're here right now. You, you did on your parents, but you feel like, man, I, I really wish I would have done some things different. I have some regrets in my life. I wish I would have... I wish I would have dealt differently with them. Listen, I'm going to pray a prayer right now. Just where you are, you don't have to raise your hand for this. is probably every one of us in this room. Every one of us probably wish we could have done something different. But right where you are, just let God touch your heart. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray. God, for every person here right now that's sensing some form of regret, they wish they would have done something different. They wish they would have treated them differently. They wish they hadn't have gotten so mad or upset. And God, they're dealing with it right now. They... They feel this sense of regret. anytime the word's talked about a father or a mom. So in Jesus' name, I pray, Lord, you have forgiven. And God, when you forgive, forgiven, you heal and you restore, Lord. So I pray right now that you would remove any regret, any regret in the name of Jesus. God, remove that from their life right now. Whether their parents are alive or gone, it doesn't matter in Jesus' name that they no longer live under the shadow of that regret. In the name of Jesus, but they live under the shadow of the Almighty today. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, I pray. And Lord, I pray right now, if anybody's here that doesn't know you, I pray today they'd make this prayer. While your eyes are closed, we're going to pray a prayer together. If you're here and you say you don't know Christ, or you need to your, renew your faith in Christ today. All of us in this room are going to pray this prayer. I want you to pray with us right now. Say, Dear Jesus, I come before you, and I give you my life, and I give you my heart. Dear Jesus, I surrender my life. I make you my Lord, and I make you my Savior. I make you my healer, and I make you my deliverer. I make you my restorer, and I make you my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you were blessed by today's message. If so, feel free to pay it forward and share this podcast with someone else. Thanks for listening.